Episode 12. Like buses. Just just keep coming. <laughs> just keep coming. Then you get one, the next one, the next one. However, this one is an important... It's like an emergency meeting, I feel like. This is an emergency show that we've created here today. We used to have plenty of them when we used to work at Talkie Golf Club together, didn't we? Emergency, emergency <laughs> yeah. meeting. Emergency meeting. <laughs> Run out of golf balls. Run out of water, generally, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, this is episode uh, 12. They it, did say... It would never last. It would never last. But we are continuing on. We're battling on through it. But we've called an emergency meeting. And you'll notice that I am wearing my stingers. I think it's a stinger. I think it's called stingers. My stingers <laughs> uh, live hat. Because anytime there's emergency news about live, I want to now put on the live hat. Okay? So that's my thing. Just, just before we move on to the, 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 the big hot potato here that's in the oven or in this room... Just what, what do you think about the names of these live teams? I mean, the Stingers, the Aces. Like, what? What are we? What are we? What would we be? The Nudges. The Nudges. That would. What a no- Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yes. Right. We're starting a team. Bernie and I. The, the nudges. nudges. We need two we, more though. Two more people we, we, yeah, required. Two team. more people. Yeah. Yeah. Now. The reason why we've called this meeting, or I've called this meeting, yeah. is that Bernie's come storming into the uh, office today and has informed me that... There's a new signing. I don't know if it's 100% confirmed yet, but the rumours seem to be gathering pace. It's not been officially announced, but maybe by the time you see this, yeah, hopefully you can get it out before, depends how quick Dan's editing is, there will be a massive... Well, I've got a problem signing. because the problem is episode 11 is scheduled to go out, but we could end up with 12 going out before 11. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, the, the live of, there's going to be some... They're, they're, still, they're still short of players for 2024 season, and it's, it's less than two weeks now before the first event actually kicks off. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of rumours, and one seems to be gathering more and more pace, and I think it's only literally a matter of hours before it gets announced. And you're a big fan of this particular golfer, aren't you? Well, I'm, it's more like, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan of him and follow his, I've been following his journey. I feel like I've been thrown into this because I felt sorry for him. Yeah. That, I mean, that's... I should never feel sorry for a, a millionaire golfer at all. No. But no. I felt bad for him. Yeah, I mean, he, did, he, in my opinion, should have been... I mean, don't get me wrong, we can now... Luke Donald has justified all his selections for the Ryder Cup because we know what happened. We, we won it comfortably. But... I believe, and I know you believe, probably a little bit stronger than I do, that this particular golfer should have been in that team. On form, on ability, um, and I think he would have been, well, he definitely would have been a future Ryder Cup player, which now he won't be a future Ryder Cup player if he's made the decision to join Liv. Can we, can we at least tell everybody who this individual is? I thought because we were going to do the whole Oh, we were going to go through the whole thing. Mention mention his, his name, name. Like a load of clickbait, so they have to get to the end to find out who we were well, talking about. We actually met him at the Open Championship this year yeah. at Royal Liverpool. He was massive as well, wasn't he? Really tall guy, yeah. isn't he? Big yeah. feet, tall guy. Adrian Moronk. Well, yeah. And he is now... Polish. Polish, yeah. Polish he has now decided mm. to... Uh, by the look of it, from our leaks within the press, that we feel, I feel like we know a lot of people now within yeah. the press, so we're able to get our get access yeah, to knowledge of things that drop before the world gets to know. And we're we're sharing it with 
I was going to say yeah. the K in public, but this is all free, so yeah. we're sharing it with you guys and girls at home, and, you know, it's a shock, really, isn't it? Are you shocked by it? No, not? because I said it, didn't I? I said, if you remember rightly, when, when Adrian Moronk was, you know, we were going through, we've been through, let's say, episode five, Mm. of this of this particular podcast we yeah. talked about you know we were we were gibbering on about the time we were gibbering on about the fact that Rory McIlroy is winning and yeah. and then and and then there's John Ram getting all these points for these things and we we wittered on a little bit yeah. about that and then and then we moved into wittering on about the Ryder Cup and the selection for the Ryder Cup and I just felt really disappointed that Adrian Moronk had been left out for a number of reasons yeah. certainly the fact that he's he was a three-time winner on the DP World Tour that year He'd won around that golf course. He'd won the Italian Open yeah, he, at, at, the, at the Ryder Cup venue. It, it would also be the first Polish golfer to play on the Ryder Cup, which is great for that particular region and the, the surrounding countries. And, yeah. and, you know, we're trying to... We hear the slogan all the time, grow the game. That's the one, isn't it? Grow, grow the game. Grow that game. Whatever that means. Um, but sort of that sort of... Um, having a sort of a hero and... The Ryder Cup is such a massive, massive event, which is broadcast all around the world, even countries or places that are not in Europe or not in America. Uh, they they watch it. It's it's the best. It's the pinnacle, in my opinion, of team golf. Yeah. Professional team golf. Absolutely. And him not being in it, you know, that was just for me was just it just left a bit of a sour taste, but. I'm not surprised he's joining Liv. Not at all. I just knew that since that since that moment, you could tell that he was really annoyed with the um, the selection process of the yeah. Ryder Cup. And you know, there's going to be people listening to this podcast, and there's going to be people worldwide that are going to go, "Well, oh, whatever, disappear." Yeah. You know, fine. If you toys are out the pram, off you go. You know, um, there's got to be take, a bit like, of, take got, it like a man, and off you go. There's got to be a bit of that though, because most of us are emotional people. Um, I can only use an it's a you know an example of myself and it's not you know don't get me wrong I'm not comparing myself anywhere in levels of ability money finances etc but I tried to get in the in the Devon County Southwest Week team. team I played County First Team I'd done that for like two or three years I had some really good finishes I'd won a few bigger events um, and I was well up the order of merit but I didn't one year I was told I was going to be in the team and selected and somebody won the county championships who wasn't in the team and they, at that time they always put the winner of the county championship in the team so I missed out and that was the reason I turned professional. Yeah. I was like well I'm not waiting another year to get in this team that I felt that I should have been in for the last two Southwest weeks and yeah. I think I'm just going to get on I'm wasting my time it's going to be the same captain next year I'm going to turn pro and I actually turned pro mainly one of the main reasons was because I didn't get in the Southwest team. Yeah. And what, what's really interesting about this is if you think about the journey of a young kid coming up through the ranks, um, they do well as an amateur, they play college golf, whatever it is, they, they, there is a process of where they want to get themselves and their end goal is obviously to be a major winner and, and things like yeah. that. G generally, I'm not saying that everybody's in that camp, no. but the progression from... Um, the progression from amateur ranks to then getting your tour card to then graduating off the DP World Tour and then making a life for yourself over in America and playing PGA Tour golf. Yeah. You know, Adrian Moronk, you know, I don't know his background, but he would have, he's done that process. So he's gone onto the yeah. DP, got his tour card, 
He's one on he's one on the DP World Tour. He's got his then he's finishing the top ten, so he's got his PGA Tour card. He's not he's not a young man he, in golfing terms, is he? He's not he's not the twenty year old amateur winning winning a massive event. He's in his he's thirty. He's in his thirties, isn't he? Well, he's he's thirty. Yeah. That's what he is. But he's gone through the process that I've just mentioned there because he was on the Challenge Tour. He went over to America for his university. Yeah. So he did college golf in America. So he's been through it's, it's, the progress of becoming a PGA Tour player. But that journey has took him a considerable amount of time, hasn't it? And effort. I mean, he's not, like I say, he's not like a Rory who's fat, every single step along his journey was pretty rapid. Yeah. You know, he's taken until he's 30 years old. To get to that to point. To get to that point. I mean, what, how old would he be when he left college golf? 22, 23, max, 21? I mean, maybe maybe he went through high school. Uh, 23, max, max, I would think. So seven years to get to a position where it would have probably been his end, one of his end goals or targets. Yeah, but but I, I would say that that's like, that. there's always going to be kids that buck the trend on that and then get yeah, in, course. you know, go through your Rory's and people like that. But, you, you know, but he's done, I would say that the progression that he's done is, is actually the proper the, the right way to go about it in the fact that there's no right or wrong way but what I mean is like he's he's cut his teeth at every level to yeah. get to where he's got to and therefore that's probably why he's won a few times because he's he's got himself into some more comfortable positions because Are he's you worked his way up disappointed but, that once he's got to the, what, what we would consider the the pinnacle and playing on that tour that he hasn't really tested himself on the PGA Tour as much he's not won over there has he he's literally only just got on it hasn't he I'm not disappointed at all. No. I am not surprised at all that this has happened. No. Um, I think it, it, it just purely to me highlights that golf is drastically changing. You know, the, what I mean by that is that, you know, at the end of the day, these guys turn pro to, to make a living out of golf. Yeah. And they, they want to earn as much money as they possibly can in, you know, and, and create a lifestyle for themselves. And yeah. Nobody's against that. At all, a hundred percent, and I'm I'm all for it. For that's their job at the end of the day, but it just shows that the that the carrot of the PGA Tour is no longer a carrot. Do you so? Do you think? I mean, if let's say that let's look into the future, ten years time, live still going. It's in the same sort of format. We got team team a team competition as such. You're wearing that stupid hat. Um, <laughs> Louis signed this. <laughs> so I think it's the stupid hat. Um, do you think there's going to be kids walking around golf courses? I mean, I've not seen, I'll be honest with you, in the UK, I've never seen anybody wear a live team hat on the golf course. I've not seen like a 15-year-old lad or a 12-year-old girl. I've never seen anybody wear one other than you. I mean, they must wear them when they go watch the tournament. But do you think there's going to be people that will be wearing those hats? Do you think there's going to be people supporting those teams? I think we talked about this briefly as the world tour, didn't we? Where, you know, at the end of the day, the live structure is not it. No, no. You know, team golf is, if you're going to do it, it, you know, it's like like college football in America. It's like, you know, college golf in America. You know, it does get a big supporting factor to a point on the... but, But it has to be televised. Like, it has to be on... You know, you, it has to be mainstream TV. You're not, you, you know, YouTube is YouTube, and it's still, and it's still, it's still finding its yeah. feet. You know, but I don't think team golf is going to be the the key factor for this. I still think there can be team events going on, but not every yeah. week. No, no. You know, there can be a there can be an you know an English team or a such and such team or 
or go and you know play on the PGA Tour or play on a tour, but then play in another. And I'm just thinking of things like Speedway. Yeah. You know, when when I grew up, my dad was a road motorbike, so I was in and around motorbikes for a long, long time. And um, you know, a close friend of ours was a, was a guy called Kelvin Tatum. Well, Kelvin Tatum, who was like a world long track champion, you know, he he raced in in a few different teams. Yeah. As in, like, so he would race in in the English league, and he'd be he'd be racing for I don't know Swindon in, or whoever. But then he'd be off to Poland the next yeah. week and racing over the there. Same playing table tennis. You know, I think that's got a place in golf potentially to play. I mean, Speedway they have guests in teams, don't they? I, d- I remember I, going to watch watch. Um, we had team XFL. Was it XFL? Exeter, yeah. Yeah, so Exeter had a team. And um, but you'd get guests. So like when I went a couple of times, that Joe Screen, I think he was yeah. world champion. It might be wrong. Definitely UK well, he, or British champion, and he um, he was like guesting for Exeter. He'd, he'd been an Exeter, he'd yeah. played for them previously, but he came back and, and rode for them a couple of times. And yeah. there was people moving around. Potentially, was, but, I, mean, I, I can't remember exactly then, how it used look to at go. Motor but... racing, the people walk around like with Ferrari hats on, and yeah. they go and watch, and they support an actual team. But but it's but, a, but the team is kind of like it's like the constructors thing, isn't it? But they they are dedicated to that team, team before. Yeah. They're dedicated to the person, probably so like your Max Verstappen, but the, and so they'll wear Red Bull because Max yeah. Verstappen. I well, think. If, so if he if he then signed a contract with McLaren, would they all start wearing McLaren stuff? Possibly. You, you or d- would depends. they just carry on wearing their team colours and support if Lewis Hamilton signed for them? But it, it, well, what you're going to find if you go to if you go to if you if you you know if you said to an Italian. An Italian person, you know, who's your favourite race team? He's going to say Ferrari. Yeah, of course like, he is. If you if you ask a German, you know, what's your favourite race team? He's probably going to say Mercedes. Like, yeah. you know, British people will follow a British either a British individual or a British yeah. team, won't they? In that front, I with, know with they, motorsport. I know we're we're going now. Trans. Oh, we're off. We've gone off to, golf beyond. Oh, we've, beyond. we've gone back to the start where we were saying about the teams, and I know they're starting to group like the golfers into into basically teams as well. Of, nationalities a little bit yeah do you think that's how it's gonna it could potentially then be like a team england or well i think that's where you're going to get more of a following yeah i really do i think if you spread that like i love the fact that you know the stingers hmm. um they're south africans yeah so they've they've they're gonna tr- they're they're good friends they travel together they do everything together but then you can the yeah. south african guys can get behind I'm... that team because they're a group of south africans and and you know if john ram you know what would it, you know if you think about it a great a great team for for live would have been John Ram and Sergio. and Sergio Garcia and yeah. you know whoever else you can drag out of the of the Spanish contingent let's say you know yeah. a, a, a La, La um, yeah. Pab- yeah. yeah you know you, yeah. you could drag someone like that into that team and, and create it from that you know you've got your Mark Leishmans and your uh, you know I did, you know you'd have had your Adam Scott well, in there I'm still shocked you, he's never signed I am. Like, I'm I shocked. thought he would have been one of the first when it was yeah. first announced. I thought, yeah, he's because he is a, well, someone who's travelled a lot and yeah. played on lots of different tours, and he's dipped in and out of different like different tours, hasn't he? I yeah. thought he would have been like the first, especially at this stage in his career. I thought he would have been one of the first names to sign, but yeah. he still remained pretty loyal to PJ and or PJ yeah. Tour and, and and other. So tours, my question then is, whose team? Is Adrian Moronk going on to, do you think? <coughs> Absolutely no idea. <laughs> no idea. I mean, no. is, is he going on to John Ram's team? Is that is that because he's still, still places, got places still, available? So, I mean, we're less than... We're going to be now, when this goes out, what, 
probably close to a week before it starts, and there's still there's still places right in teams that have well, not been filled. Well, this is interesting, and it, isn't it? It seems to be like I don't know. I just think you should have had all your eggs in your basket and all sorted out and all finalised. It's probably before the end of the year. Really, that should have been done, dusted, and signed off. The like, problem they've got is there's lots of major contracts that are involved with players. Yeah. Whether it's their commercial deals that they personally hold. You know, these are all things that they need to go through before they can sign up for that sort of stuff. And this is why it's probably taken to the last Take minute. And and it's you know what, Bernie? Now you've now this has happened. That thought of you had that you, you said that um Nick Dunlap well, has pulled out. Pulled out. Is there an opportunity that he's gonna cash in and go, Thanks a lot, I'm just gonna go to live and I'm gonna earn X amount of money and I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I, I originally I said no, not a chance because he's an yeah. American and he's going to focus on the PGA Tour because that's the journey. Yeah. But when Moronk says, "Ah, oh, do you know what? I don't really want my PGA Tour card. No. I'm happy to go off and do this. You know, do something else." Um, I say, good on him. I really do. Is I'm it? disappointed, but on the flip side is that I think that golf is changing in a massive way. Mm. It's it's rapidly moving. You know backtracking of Rory McIlroy John Ram going I was just going to ask a question who would shock you the, what would be the biggest shock if someone if they announce if they say they announce someone out of the blue tomorrow day after he signed for live who would who would who would shock I mean John Ram was a bit of a shock for me he seemed such a Ryder Cup store store and someone who would have been part of the the makeup of the Ryder Cup team, potential captain for probably another good decade, maybe yeah. even two decades. So that was a bit of a a shock, but not. I mean, who would 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 Roy McIlroy signing for Live? Would that shock you now? Would they be like, "Wow, I never saw that coming"? Or would you be like, "Oh, he softened and seems to be well, listen to talking the talk now." Listen to what he said. You know, he he's very much backtracked and um, and changed his tune hugely. Would you be shocked though? No. No, I don't think I would. I would have been last year. Like, I'm not shocked about Moronk. If anything, no. I'm kind of happy that he's done it because I feel like, you know, I feel like he was maybe... He's reward for his hard work. I think I just feel like he was trodden on a little bit yeah. and, and I'm not surprised that, you know, a bit like when you decided to turn pro after the yeah. fact that, you, you know, you didn't want to wait another year, you couldn't no. be bothered. You know, you once you get your... Once something gets burnt, once you get agitated by something, it's really hard to change that. Yeah. And, you know... With regards to Rory, you know, has he been burnt by the PJ Tour? 100%. You can see it coming through him that he's this, been burnt by that. This might be a generalisation, but golfers, the type of sport you, they play, and only my experience from knowing golfers at lots of different levels, but they're very, the, the better ones at each particular level, very focused, single minded. They're, I don't want to say arrogant, because that's not the word. But they're very much, they're in their own little bubble. And when they decide something, they're right and that's what they're doing. Yeah. And I think you almost need that, you need that quality. Is it a quality? Maybe not the right word. You need that though to to be so good at sport or in your particular sport, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I think that once, once you know, Moronk, once he's not got in that Ryder Cup, that must have been, right, I'm going to literally... It's, it's, yeah. it's a dagger in the heart for oh, 100%. And like I said, you can't blame him. him for making what is a financial decision, but it's also an emotional decision, isn't it? The other thing as well is it's not just about the fact that, you know, think about when we were at the Open. Yeah. There were people there asking him questions from the media saying, 
what's it going to feel like? And literally wording it in these yeah. in these, what is it going to feel like as the first Polish player to ever play in the Ryder Cup? I yeah. remember that yeah, question I remember that. That coming. Wasn't, that wasn't just from asked a, from once. A it was media. asked yeah. numerous times about when we were around it. Yeah. In different, maybe in different ways of asking it, but everything was every question that was directed at him was from that perspective, wasn't it? Hundred percent. I mean, he would have heard no, he'd have he'd have heard nothing other than Ryder Cup talk all the way probably from the, before the Open, right the way through to when the team was announced. Yeah. I mean, that's there's a lot of pressure on that, isn't there? And you know, he would have even if he believed the hype that the media were giving him that he was going to play and even if he hadn't had any indication whether he was going to be in or not, the impression you were getting from the media was that he was a sure thing to be in that team. He was on form. He was winning. He was, he was on form and he'd, and he and the biggest factor there was the fact that he'd won on that golf, golf course, course. Yeah. to win their national championship and that to me was a major, major thing and of which why I really got behind the guy yeah. because I felt that he was done over a little bit on the flip side you know they went on and won the Ryder Cup oh, you know there's it, no argument yeah. to that would he have made any impact have made, made you know do I think that if Moronk was on that team and somebody else within that group wasn't on that team do I think they would have won yes absolutely yeah I'm exactly the same but Luke Donald can always justify can always justify not picking him by saying we won didn't Correct. we Correct. then he would have been open to criticism if some of the more controversial picks hadn't contributed so greatly in the actual event, your Justin Rose, your Shane Larry, etc. Yeah. If they hadn't performed then and we'd lost, that would have been his first question. Why didn't you you haven't picked players on form, you've picked them on past experience. Yeah. But you can't argue with what Luke Donald did as Ryder Cup captain and his selections and it paid off. Right. And at the end of the day, golf is changing. Has been changing for the last two years as far yeah. as I'm concerned and is continuing to change in a quick, fast paced way but it's also changing not just on the professional level isn't it it's changing within the ranks of golf in general yeah you sent me a, a message earlier today a quick fire message that came through um with a with a screenshot of the 12th the, the, the 12 hole golf course farrington park which is a, a golf yeah. course in i think in somerset it was. Um, I mean, I did a bit of research. Did a bit of research on it, England. and it was. Um, it was a, a traditional eighteen-hole golf course, um, yeah. and I think some of it's been sold off for development. Which instead of, I mean, there's quite a few golf. I mean, I can't remember how many golf courses a week close in the UK, but it's it is quite a scary amount they've closed. But instead of closing the complete golf course down, they've changed it into a twelve-hole golf course and added some more leisure facilities around, haven't they? And but it's it's been developed, isn't it? The other six holes, like you say, it's it's moving down to a twelve-hole golf course now. Yeah. If you take us back five years, four years ago, Bernie, what was I talking about with golf courses? We were always discussing the fact that originally, why are they why are they eighteen holes? Who can afford to play golf for four to five hours at times, even longer? I mean, if you're playing in a big event, yeah. Um, and that's not going to appeal to our age and slightly below who maybe have families and have work commitments and and other stuff going on that that to to take out of your of your week four to five hours maybe two or three times a week to play to a decent standard and then add that to your practice it's just not it's not practical for a number of people yeah and they needed to either make golf quicker or make golf more efficient yeah 
And we were talking about why, why not open a 12-hole golf course? Why not? Why is there not more nine-hole golf course? That seems to be... Yeah. Every nine-hole golf course seems to be wanting to be an 18-hole golf course. Yeah. And a lot of nine-hole golf courses, we've got, we've got literally one nine-hole golf course now in our area, probably in a 25-mile radius, whereas yeah. before, go back 10, 15 years, there was five, six, seven... Nine whole golf courses. What's interesting about this particular setup and this golf course is that obviously they're moving from 18 holes down to 12 holes, as well as um, constructing a paddle paddle tennis. That's on, that's massively on the rise. Mm, huge. It's like a, the big thing in sport. Pickleball it? courts. Don't that, know that's an American about, American yeah. game, isn't it? Children's play park, outdoor yeah. gym, and a maintenance hub, which I assume is the maintenance of everything. That sounds like it's more geared to family and getting the family on site, spending money, yeah. getting them there all day long. Yeah. The, the gents and any lady golfers go and play golf. Family members who don't play golf have got uh, got the option of other sports. Um, there's sort of probably be a nice restaurant there. There's leisure for the swimming pool there as well. Yeah. Stuff like, I mean, there's you could literally spend there all day, play your golf, have your have your lunch, have dinner, play some other sports, use the leisure facilities, and the whole family can be involved in what was golf. Yeah. I guess the, it, for me, when I look at golf courses and I think about my young family and things like that, you know, twelve holes yeah. of golf, you can nip out and do six holes. You can do it and do twelve holes. You can yeah. do nine holes if you want to do that. Um, and then the fact that you've got other facilities, a little outside gym, you just, a play you, area, you've got everything there yeah. to keep a family there for the day, and you know, this golf course have taken it down this front because they're seeing, as you quite rightly said, they're seeing the closing down of golf courses yeah. left, right and centre, up and down the country because it's a falling membership. Well, the members say that they are in uproar over the plans that, that's and have the chosen biggest... to move to other clubs. So there's yeah. 300 and... Oh, I want to say... No, not 360, but there is huge amounts of mm. uh, members that are cancel yeah. cancelling... Yeah their membership it, so the biggest shock will be for the traditional traditional golfers um, yeah, who turn up the every older week. golfers who played that golf course I don't, I don't know how old Farrington is I presume it's, it's, a, it's got a and the only reason history. you say older is because they're retired they've got yeah, just yeah. more time on their hands time, so they can go so, and yeah, play so a bit more they've golf they've got the more time to play in holes and it's so it's, it's a massive change yeah and if it was a nine hole course and it had gone to a twelve yeah They'd probably accept that, but if they're used to playing an eighteen-hole golf course, and then you suddenly move, you've changed the, the, you know, you've taken it down to to twelve holes. You've you've made it different. They don't people don't like change. No, um, I'm not I'm not criticising anybody. There'll be people listening to this and people watching this on YouTube who will be like, yeah, well, what, golf doesn't need to change. It, you know, yeah. that's fine. You can have your opinions. We're we're in between now, aren't we? We're yeah. not. You, we're not the younger generation. We're not the older generation. We're right in that middle bit, and we are. We're in no man's land. We're no man's land, but we're yeah. quite. I. I would like to think we're. We're in both camps as, as such, but we can also see how golf has evolved in the thirty odd years that we've been involved in it. It needs to change to, to continue, and. You know, I'm not a massive fan of live. I don't watch it or yeah. very watch very little of it. But things like this, and you've got to try them. They need to be things need to be happening, and and if that encourages more families to go and play golf and to be around golf environment, 
whether that's 12 holes or a three-hole golf course or whatever, if there's more people playing golf, more people coming into golf, and it's seen as a family environment, then that, for me, that can only be, be beneficial for future generations for the sport. Agree. And, I mean, think, think if you look at your example, your family, they might, the kids might not want to play 18 holes. They might want to go out and play six holes. You could play six holes with Bobby in the morning, Laura and Charlie go off and go swimming. Yeah. Then you switch over, Laura goes and plays six holes with, with Bobby or six holes with Charlie, and you go and do something. You could yeah. be there all day. I mean, imagine the whole place has got a benefit from all the money you're spending there, the time you're spending there. And what an environment to spend a, a, your, your, your leisure time in. Yeah. Yeah. I, just I, think it's, I just think it's a great idea. Golf is changing, not only on the front of uh, tour-level golf. Um, it is changing with watching it change. It's all unfolding in front of us. But it's also changing yeah. with regards to the face of what do people want with their time. Time is a tough one to... Of course it um, is. It's precious, isn't it? Pre- it's a precious, precious thing for Modesty, us all. Yeah. And things have to change. And I think that moving more to 12-hole golf courses or loops of six or whatever it's going to be is going to allow people to have that time back. Yeah to be able to put into other parts of their life. And that's, um, I think that's a positive for Grow the Game. 100%. I think they'll lose members yeah. initially, but I think in the long run, this place will be positive and will, be, will flourish. You've only got to look. We're, um, we're based at a traditional golf course, which is over 100 years old, yeah. well over 100 years old. Yeah. And if I play golf on a Saturday morning I feel comfortable in this environment Not I can wear what I want more or less now I wear yeah. joggers I've got a hoodie on um, I've even got a t-shirt underneath which you can't see but you can basically wear within reason as long as you're smart you can wear what you want yeah. which is which has changed massively to how it was but play golf play nice and early on a Saturday I finish I'm done by 11 o'clock the girls that I've been seeing at different times not just one or two but like three or four of them Come at the golf club, meet me for like. Oh no, I can't. I can't walk in there on my own. Yeah. What do you mean you can't walk in there on your own? Oh, I don't. I just feel. I feel uneasy. The yeah. the atmosphere. The ones that have decided to come up the golf club, I've had to walk to the car park to meet them to physically walk them in. Yeah. They won't walk through the clubhouse to come and meet me. They know where I'm going to be sat. Yeah. But they don't feel comfortable with that, and that for me is the worst thing about golf clubs, because yeah. I want as many people in there as possible. Spending money. Because that ultimately, if they spend money and the club does well, they're going to reinvest it back in the golf course, make the facilities better, make it a better place, and improve my enjoyment yeah. of the golf course. But something like that, I'm, you know, the, the, the dress code is going to be relaxed to a certain degree. They're going to. I would think that a lot of people will feel comfortable to walk in there on their own, see people they know. It's friendly. It's welcoming. It's exactly how I'd want. The golf club or a golf complex, a leisure complex to be. Yes. We could witter on about this forever, Bernie, but this was an emergency meeting and I feel like um, <laughs> we can bring this one to a close now. But it will be interesting to see what unfolds, certainly from where we're making this now in the next 24 hours, 48 hours with yeah. Adrian Moronk. Uh, what it team he goes into, where it goes. It from might here. get binned if he doesn't sign. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> he might never see this or hear it. I know. It might not ever come <laughs> out. And then we've wasted more of our precious leisure time again. <laughs> well, thank you very much for uh, for listening, everybody. If you are listening to this on the podcast, thank you very much for watching. If you've been watching this on YouTube, and uh, we'll see you again for episode thirteen. That'd be unlucky.
That'll be unlucky for someone, wouldn't it? 